RadioInfluence.com. The culture, I'm saying, is definitely deeper than rap. There are a lot of great things happening in hip-hop for sure. From the outside looking in, you may not even understand. We're reporting live from deep within the culture. Ayo, part learning platform. Part inspiration. I'm talking all things culture. It's the Hip Hop Study Hall Podcast with DJ Egan. Feeling kind of freshly dipped here just for everybody that happens to peep this on a YouTube clip or on Instagram. I know I feel freshly dipped here today. I am not even three hours out of the barber's chair, so I'm kind of going to be hard to deal with today. I, Shamir DJ, Contemporary's most connected DJ. You are tuned in and it's popping off right now, the Hip Hop Study Hall Podcast. Um, shout out to everybody too who's been rocking with us and everybody who's writing me asking me how I got Jim Jones on the pod. Um, I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. Don't act like I ain't popping in these streets, all right? That's, that's what they not going to do is act like I'm, pop, I'm not popping in these streets, all right? But p- big up to everybody that tunes in and is rocking with us. And we hoping that you are learning as much as I'm trying to every single week, all right? This week, it's kind of interesting because um, uh, a little something hit me on Instagram. Um, and I'm not even going to go through the news that, that with a blur today because um, I'll, I'll get back to that later. But I, I definitely want to go and get these two ladies on because something hit me on the gram this week. And I was like, mm. I want to address this, but I don't know if I should be the authority on addressing this, addressing this. Right. So I was like, let me reach out to a couple of people that I know are popping that can help me out, you know, help me understand. And um, first off, I got my girl Nikki Hutch on here, who is freelance writer extraordinaire and also co-host of the You're Not Wrong podcast uh, is here. And um, yeah, yeah. My girl, Nikki Hutch. Um, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah. And of course, um, no problem. I give it six months. She'll be tired of me calling, calling her my little sister, but that's what she is. Uh, brand and marketing director. And of course, the love of my life, my little sister right here, Miss Brianna Blanford, your girl, Bree, as we like to call her here on the pod. Um, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time. Let's get into it. OK, so. We know what the industry is. We all are some way, some form. We either enjoy it, we either deal with it, or we're, we're somewhere in this life some, somehow, right? And and being that this platform to me is one that I figure the next gen- generation of creatives, I want them to very much be tuned into. I also want them to see, uh, I wouldn't call this a... Uh, 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 a bad thing in the industry, a person, I don't know, honestly, I don't know what to call it, but it's something that is definitely, that goes on in the industry, right? We know it's been there, it's been the elephant in the room a few times, and a lot of times, right? But let me just get into what the post is. And the post came from originally, uh, her name is Chris Holt. And I don't know Chris Holt, I just know that um, she's a marketing and advertising uh, person. And she has some really dope content on Instagram that I follow. And also uh, Miss Ivory Shields, who's an actress. Um, They both were involved in this post, right? And the post... Um, it goes like this negative promotion of dark skinned women versus positive promotion of light skinned women is marketing at its finest. Now, before I go any further with that, do either one of y'all just want to jump in here? Do does anybody want, cause I can go further into the post and why it resonated with me and made me think that this is something I wanted to talk about. But just when you get that part right there, anybody comment. Um, I'm going to say I agree with her on sort of the surface level, right? I mean, I do think that, you know, we see this with, I'm going to just say Martin, for example, one of the shows that I you know, grew up on. I mean, he had Gina, who was his love interest in the love of his life. And then Pam was the dark skin, brown skin friend who he clowned all the time, right? So it's like very, 
I feel like it may be an oversimplification, though, because I think maybe we've gone past that a little bit nowadays with the likes of Issa Rae. So I'm going to say I agree with her, but I think it goes a little bit deeper. Yeah, I touching to the point, I completely agree with what she's saying in a sense, but I think we've seen something different in marketing in the last year or two. I think the need for black voices and black people in ranges of color, shapes and sizes has become the end thing. We've seen, you know, a difference even in social media and the trends that are people people are following. In the sense, when you look at a TikTok and you look at the trends, they love authenticity, people who look like them and sound like them. And that's not always the skinniest girl in the room with the light skinned and whatever. Um, so I think it's been that way. But I think now there's been a spark in marketing where there's a need. People want to see authenticity. They want to see people who they can relate to. So. I think it goes deeper than what <laughs> just the surface is, for sure. Well, well, before I get deeper into this point, right, let's talk about the age group thing, right? And and I, I'm asking this question because it seems like to me the, the, the more days that pass by, the more all of our races and nationalities seem to be getting mixed up. And by that, I mean, you know, interracial dating. And nowadays, I think that a lot of these kids the younger they are until they're really taught certain things, they're not really seeing color because all they see is what they like. Let's take hip hop music, for instance, like hip hop is not as big as it is if everybody ain't all in. Right. So I I say that to say to Bree's point, being a little younger than you are, Nicole, like you said, you can't, we, we both grew up on Martin. Right. Even with Martin, I will say the one thing that they did do right when it came to Pam, but she did have this, like her and Gina were in the office together. Like, so Pam wasn't just some, you know, like she was a, still a young professional. Her and Martin just kind of always went at it. But when you look at today. Right. And what Bree's point is about like a TikTok and authenticity. Do you do you think that that is really like from a from a marketing person saying this is what they're looking for or just the generation that's now saying we're going to be out here regardless. You can't stop us because even if you talk about TikTok, isn't what's going on right now is TikTok is not being fair when it comes to the darker complexion as opposed to lighter complexion people. I think when it comes to TikTok, one of the things that I've seen come about is just not giving credit to black voices and black talent and black creators. And when it came to like the dance challenges, you had these black choreographers creating the challenge, but then other people are, you know, blowing up and becoming mainstream. I think there has been a shift um, just in the simple fact of I feel like I'll give him a shout out. My um, one of, a close friend of mine who grew up in Tampa, Slade by Matthew. I've seen his growth tremendously from starting with like maybe three thousand followers on Instagram, but just because he was authentic and he's, you know, uh, he's a darker skinned, you know, living in his truth fully in his, you know, brand and everything like that. But he's a hairstylist. He did that. Did a video with one of his homegirls, paired up, and it went. crazy crazy. And people just love him because he's authentic. He's who he is. And I don't think it's about, you know, stereotypes or archetypes. I think it's about just owning your truth and who you are. I think that's what people like to see nowadays. Um, I do think over time it shifted. I think in the beginning there was a separation. I mean, even when I was younger, I used to like slick my hair back with extra gel. So people didn't see my curls because I wanted to fit in as mixed. So I feel like I've even seen a shift and just, you know, blackness is bold and beautiful beautiful like we out here and i just i've seen that change and shift in marketing tremendously okay now to your point that your your guy there is a very good example right but he's living in his truth and he put himself out there now that's true now 
go back to, and it's not anybody's fault here. Let's go back to what this post is saying, and because I'm very much with you, because I feel like this, and I and I tell everybody, even part of my story, I feel like that when I got to what is crossover radio per se, I almost lost myself because I was so busy trying to fit in, forgetting that they only knew about me because I was the authentic me that they had heard about. You understand what I'm saying? And but I did also watch them market me differently. When you talk about the people that were sitting in the office that were so part of the marketing department or part of sales, I know because I come from a marketing background, I watched them kind of market me differently as opposed to some of the people who were lighter complexion to me who seemed like they were supposed to be on that format, right? So going further into this post, here is what it says about some of the things that marketing executives or what's out there from a marketing executive point of view. Um, dark skin attributes, ratchet, Overly promiscuous, loud, tacky fashions, lack of femininity, angry, aggressive, intimidating, second choice, second best. While on the light skin attribute side, graceful, desirable, has couth, well-dressed, creme de la creme, first pick, approachable. And the picture that they're using here is from Coming to America. So if anybody remembers the Coming to America, you remember the two sisters, Eddie Murphy's uh, love interest. She was light-skinned. His sister, who was a, her sister, who was a little bit more ratchet, was brown-skinned. Then they used, they got another, uh, you know, another slide here. Dark-skinned stigmas portrayed in media. Baby mama, sidekick, homegirl. Her relevance is attached to her light-skinned friend. Bright blue, lime green, and orange hair. Unfit and unhealthy. Impoverished. Hard to deal with. Hard to work with. Light skin stigmas portrayed in media. Timid, shy, deserve luxury. Pretty privileged just for being light skin. That girl deserves everything. Better than socially accepted. Now, I'm not sure if this was the best example, but then they got an excerpt from a Kodak Black interview. You do what you want to with oh, this. Okay. Look, I knew somebody's eyes was going to be like, oh, my <laughs> Lord. Right <laughs> now, if you know anything, Kodak Black, um, you know, pretty big artist um, out of out of South Florida. Um, definitely one of this generation's leaders, I would say. And I don't mean leader like I mean, musically, I would say that you do what you want to with the word leader. Right. This is an excerpt from a, a, a Kodak Black interview. I love African-American women, but I just don't like my skin complexion. Now, if you know anything about Kodak Black, use the computer in your pocket. Google him real quick. If you haven't seen him, he's my complexion pretty much with these dreads everywhere and tattoos everywhere. His next point is my complexion. We too gutter. Light skinned women are more sensitive. The interviewer then said that darker skinned women can be too sensitive to which Kodak Black replied. No, no, they too tough. Light-skinned women, we can break them down more easy. Um, okay. Ladies, again, I don't feel like I'm the authority on this. Uh, your thoughts are welcomed here. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're not going to take all of our social cues from Kodak Black. That's the first thing. <laughs> but he is entitled to his he is entitled to his opinion. Right. I mean, it's a preference, right? But there's some interesting stuff in what he said about being able to, you know, manipulate a light-skinned girl more than a brown-skinned, a dark-skinned girl because, you know, they're harder. So it's like, you know, this is his preference, and this is a lot of people's preference, but it's sort of like if you say something enough times, it becomes reality almost, so while we all know, like on a day-to-day -day basis, we meet people of all complexions that have all different types of personalities, because this sort of 
thing has been said in the media or expressed by men, especially specifically black men for a while, since probably the beginning of time when we started talking about color breakdown of black people, I think now it's become reality. So then it's interpreted in art. So in videos, normally, you know, the love interest is going to be lighter skinned unless the person makes a special effort to be like, no, I want dark skinned girls, which some artists have done in the past. I mean, I know Common, there's been videos where they were like, no, we specifically said we want girls of all complexions. But traditionally, you're going to see a lighter skinned girl as the love interest in the video with the darker skinned girls maybe as support. In movies, you see the same thing. So even though this is not necessarily reality, I think we've made it reality and it's expressed through art. So I don't know if that's what you, you know, the answer to the question, but I do believe this exists. And I think it's it's proliferated through everything we consume from an art standpoint. Yeah. Bree, you have a thought? Because I have another yeah. question just waiting if you if you don't have a thought no, yet. Go ahead. I Here. have a few thoughts, but let me hear the question. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you know, a, a big part of this post, right, it says that uh, uh, it's what, Basically, what it says is, is if you read deeper into the post, it kind of blames the white, the white male executive for a stereotype that's been brought forth from even back in slavery. Right. And then, Nicole, you make a valid point. A lot of these hip hop videos start with dudes like me, like whether we light skin, dark skin or whatever, it starts with the black rapper. Do you think the black yeah. man has just as much to do with this as trying to blame maybe the white executive that was in the office? And I'm cool. Like I said, I'm, I want your real thoughts. You ain't got to worry about saving my feelings because that's why I talk to both of you, because what you say, I, I value it. So you ain't got to worry about my feelings are not going to be hurt. I think something it, it trails back to a few things for me. So what I've noticed, at least with black women, we have a support system where we communicate our feelings and different things that we may experience and go through. Men don't necessarily have that, especially black men. Right. So. I feel like they carry a lot of hatred and a lot of different things on their back and they don't realize when they're operating in even a creative space and they like start to, you know, picking these things. It boils down to do you love yourself? Because I think a lot of the artists who do choose to make a point of let me showcase my black queens in all different shapes, sizes, ranges, colors and flavors, whatever. But um I think it boils down to that because I think a lot of the men who are when you use a Kodak black as an example. And, you know, not to be too opinionated, it's just you got to look at look at the source. You got to look at, look at the source. Market, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know if he's the best example. I think it would be a little bit more shocking if somebody like a common D smoke, um, these other artists who are very they you look at somebody like D smoke. He speaks about his mother in a loving way. He has a good relationship. He speaks about his parents like they are royalty. So you got to look at, you know kind of look at the background of these artists too, who are choosing to make those choices. So right. that's my two cents. I, I think that, um, I don't know. It's sort of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, did, 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 did the corporation say, okay, we're going to promote, you know, dark skinned women as being overweight and loud or whatever. And, and we're going to make them not as desirable or did the black man say, well, you know, I need to try to ascend closer to white as possible. So I'm going to go light skin because, you know, either it's better accepted in corporate America when I bring this type of wife to the party 
or my boys are going to find her to be more attractive. So it's like, I don't know what came first, but I mean, I don't blame the, the companies for all of this. And I think that's what, that was some of my issue with her post. It was sort of like, you know, you've been marketed to, to, to think this way. And it's like, yeah, but there are some black people on those executive teams at these top companies. I mean, Viacom has a black man on his executive team. They're women. I mean, so what are we saying? I mean, it's not all the company's fault. A lot of it comes down to just our social programming as, as people. Right. And I think part of my problem with this, too, is is and I think one of you made a point about this earlier. Right. To me, everyone is allowed to have their preference. Everyone is allowed to have their preference. But as a man who was birthed by a black woman and has black sisters and aunts and grandmother and cousins that have shown me nothing but. You know, I got the ones that's 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 right on the line of being we ratchet, baby. And I love them just the same. And then I also got them ones that's a shining example in any room from executive on down that they walk in. And I have an issue with having to down our own people, no matter what what complexion that they are, to make yourself feel better about about, you know, what I'm saying about something. And that to me, I think, is the issue I take. Not not even so much with like I look at like like Bree said, I take Kodak Black. With a grain of salt. He's allowed to have his opinion. He he can like what he likes. I take it. I keep walking. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to tell him that he's wrong. I don't even have to go back and forth with him about it. My issue with this whole thing, though, is having to down someone else to say that. And it's always like, I don't understand why we always have to compare you guys' women's complexions. right? I don't have to have you in a room next to a light-skinned woman and be like, you know what, though? Nicole's smarter than her. Or you know what? Uh, Brie got more attitude than her because she's more brown. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I think the issue to me is a bigger issue that we as black men or black people are doing to each other. Because, you know, we often talk about these things that other nationalities or people do to us. If we don't participate, it's kind of hard for them to do it to us. You know, because when they market all this stuff, we usually are the ones that have to start it. Because if we don't accept if we don't accept that light skinned woman or that brown skinned man or whoever, he usually don't work for other nationalities because it usually starts with us. Like you you look at the biggest look at the biggest rapper right now, Drake. They can say what they want to. We had Drake first. You understand what I'm saying? Now the world loved Drake. Don't get me wrong. But Drake was in the hood trying to promote that music. He was hanging with Wayne in the hood trying to promote that music. Now everybody loves Drake. We got it. I get it. And he's light skinned. But. It started with us accepting him first, then it went to rhythm making pop, and now it's you know it's it's the global Drake, you know it's Cardi. We know who Cardi was talking to at first. We remember Nicki before they decided let's rebrand her and put her in heels more. Let's dress her up because Nicki always had on a pair of dunks and a baseball cap backwards. You know it was in the hood. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So I think that we you know and to Nicole's point, these posts a lot of times they do jump and say. It's the white marketing executive. Man, let's stop acting like it's none of us in the room. We got to stop acting like it's none We're of us in the, in the room. room. But also, too, this is, might be another area that I have to, that could be a little gray. You think that person in the room, though, as much as they talk about that they need us, we should be in the room, I think quite often that that person is scared to lose that position in the room. So they don't speak up. <laughs> they don't speak up. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like the dude, it's like the dude who was with R. Kelly all the time. That ain't the first girl R. Kelly peed on it. He knew about it, but he ain't say nothing because he ain't want to be. He ain't want to get put out of VIP. Yeah. Mm. You, 
hate to go back to the R. Kelly story, but think about it. I mean, think about these artists. Like when they say stuff, right? This stuff has usually been going on for years, but nobody wants to get put out of the entourage. Nobody wants to, to, to lose the position of saying, I'm the one they got on the flyer. I'm the brother. I'm the sister. You know? Yeah. And I think maybe that, it's a bigger problem, you know, than, and, and you know, you can talk about it. To, you can bring it down to a Kodak Black or to another guy in the hood who may happen to have a big platform. But usually before this marketing stuff gets out here, it's some people in a room making some decisions on your campaign, a project manager. You know what I'm saying? Like that sort of thing is going on. And usually we're somewhere in the room or else they don't even understand how to do it. No. they We're in the room. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bree. I mean, okay. cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say... Um, yeah, I, I just when you said the thing about, you know, are they afraid to lose their position? I mean, I think some of that is at play here. So it's like they're going to be, you know, if two women are up for the lead in a, in a movie and there it's like a blockbuster and someone's like, oh, put um, um I'm not going I don't know the actresses. I, mean, I do know them, but I'm not going to just single someone out. But let's just say there's a traditional sort of like lighter skinned actress versus a, a darker one who may not be as conventionally pretty as people may think. So you don't want to say Holly, um, you don't want to say Halle Berry's name out now out loud? Well that's that one's old. I don't know. I'm trying to think of new people. I, I was about to say like Neil Long. Zenda, works, Zend- as, as much as we love her and she's very much like Zendaya. Right. She's right. very Zendaya, much but, I love Zendaya. And we love her. Right. I love Zendaya. And she's actually a good actress, right? So but but Zendaya was the star in in Doom. I watched, you know, this was one of the late the last really big blockbuster movies. And so if we had say someone said, Well, what about Kiki Palmer for the role? You know, is the executive gonna stand up and, and go to bat for Kiki Palmer, or is he gonna just go with the person who makes sense? Zendaya. I think a lot of times they go with who makes sense. So we don't break out of it. We don't break out of this cycle. I agree. And I think from somebody who on the marketing side of things, I feel a little bit in the hot seat here because there have been times where I've been scared to speak up, especially when I'm, you know, especially at the intern level. When I first started, I was like, I'm not going to I'm just fly on the wall. Let me just be thankful I'm here. (laughs) Um, And now it's gotten me into a little bit of trouble because I just I I think there's a few things. Right. So like even on the agency and manager side, you got to make sure if that's the roles, because sometimes they will try to archetype you and be like, this is a role you need to go out for. And it could be completely different from what, you know, you want to be seen as, as an actress, as an actor. So you have to be intentional even when it comes to that. But I think in the aspect of marketing and someone who could speak up, I think it's just rallying the troops. I think finding an internal group of like people who look like you at the company you're at, because majority of the rooms I'm in, people do not look like me. So understanding who those forces are, even when it came to, there was this campaign that we worked on for a big client. It was a black campaign. Nobody, a part of the brainstorm and the creative sessions were black. That was crazy to me. I'm like a part of the process of, you know, we're trying to do this big campaign and they're looking for black voices, but you have none in the room. Um, so that was an instance where we were able to come together, go to executive leadership and kind of say like, this is a problem. But in other senses, probably if I wasn't at a position I was at and I've earned sort of credibility within that company, I wouldn't have felt comfortable to do that. I would have felt scared. Like I can't lose this job. This is my well-being. But, um, so yeah, I think it happens quite often. And I think it needs to be said too, like, I'm not 
an advocate for anybody losing their job. You got to take care of your family. You got to do whatever. But I also think that um, there's there's probably a there's a proper way, and we it's a happy medium, I would say, and and it's not going to work for everybody. You know, it's just not, and that's just being a realist. Like some of us have bigger voices in a room that you're like, you know what? Now I feel like I can step to that person, whoever is in the executive seat, right, and be like, yo, like this is the reason why I come with this, and this is, you know, and then sometimes it's going to go go the way that you think, and sometimes it's not. I just think it's a bigger discussion than just. You know, and not into their post, not that their main point was it's you we blame the white executive that's sitting in the big office, but I think it's a bigger conversation than that. You know, I think it's a conversation from how we portray ourselves all the way up to when we have these people that are in these seats that are able to choose or able to help with the campaign and the marketing campaign that we understand, like, look, man, we there's a place for being ratchet. Like Nicole, you made this point that when I was talking to you too, you were like, yo, like we were happy that we had Lil' Kim, we had Queen Latifah, you know, you had Foxborough, you had Lauren Hill, you had, these things are us. Like, we, 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 we need the city girls. Like, we need them. You understand what I'm saying? But we need Cardi. Like, I, I don't, and what I hate too, and, and I'm going to just voice this out, especially with hip-hop, is I hate that we always act like it. And I'm going to blame the brothers in hip-hop, that there can only be one dope female at the top. You know, and I say this all the time. Do you imagine, can you imagine what that tour would have been like if Cardi and Nicki would have been the headliners, like Jay-Z and Justin or Drake and Wayne, and then you would have bought the Lottos, the City Girls, you know, these acts that are coming up and bought them out with them? Do you Can you, can you see how dope that that tour would have been? You know, you got these two yeah. headliners and then everybody else who's coming up, they get to be on that big stage as well because, every you know, everybody knows the Nicki and Cardi now. But no. The media, the blogs, and everybody in between. Cardi this, Nikki that. Now we got a full-blown fight. Like, it can't be more than one. Like, that's what makes us, like Bree said, that's what makes us to me, or makes, this is about you guys. This is what makes you guys so special. It's like, we can look across the board, and black women come in beauty all across the board. You know? You know, some of y'all got that shut up talking to me hairdo going. You know? Because y'all don't always want to be talked to. And I, lo- and I love that hairdo. You know, shut up talking to me. You know that you gotta love that black woman. And See, you're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm part of the, part of the problem. It. I'm welcoming people to talk to me. You're saying <laughs> no. I mean, you know, and 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 I mean, you know, I I think that, like you said, there's there's different layers to this conversation. You know, I I just think it's one that that needs to be had and and just just watched. You know. And watch what we're doing moving forward, because right now is a time, like Bree said, that we can make a lot of moves that are that are great for us as a people. You know, black voices are a big deal right now. You know, it's not cool right now to say black lives matter, evidently, because I ain't seen the hashtag as much. But black lives got to matter to us all the time. I don't get to take it off. Yeah. Sorry. You know, closing thoughts, ladies. Um, I know I've taken up enough of your time I, and I appreciate you, you know, um, of course, um taking the time to, to talk to me about this because I, you know, I don't feel like I'm an authority, no way, no how, you know? So I have to bring people that I feel like are living in the authority and I appreciate you two taking the time, but closing thoughts on this issue or where we think we should go or how we can, you know, take steps to getting it to be a better conversation. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I did a good job of summing it up. I, I love y'all. I do. I swear I do. Um, you know. No, you, you, you did good. I think it's, I mean, it's a very layered discussion, right? Mm-hmm. That we can't really truly dissect in one sitting. I think that 
the biggest thing about us talking about it is that now people may realize when it's happening a little bit more. So if you see, you know, art, you see videos, you see music or whatever, you, you know, the music industry, you know, movies, take the moment to say like, oh, okay, they actually made a conscious choice to break this stereotype of like the dark skin girl has to be the loud one. No, now in this role, she's the soft one, you know? So just recognizing it when you see it and, and saying, oh, they did a good job with that. I think we've got to, we've got to counter this, you know, ridicule this girl who's posting this, she's she's pointing out a problem, right? But I think it's also important to point out when people are doing a good job and trying to change the narrative. So that's what I'll say um, is my closing remark. Bree? Yeah. I would have to say I agree with everything she said. I think accountability as well as just, you know, celebrating when people are doing the right thing, it's going to encourage others to stand up and do the right thing. Um, and just, you know, keeping an eye on everything and being in the know of what's going on and keeping a pulse in the entertainment industry because you can't speak to anything if you don't know what's actually going on. So, um, yeah, those would be my two cents. But, yeah. I appreciate you, ladies, as always. Uh, Nikki Hutch, where can they find you online um, other than, you know, your super dope podcast, You're Not Wrong, which I haven't been invited to be on yet because I, I'm i obviously wrong a lot of times, so I haven't been invited there because that place is not a so safe space I, for me. So am I. Uh, well, I mean, you can follow me on the Nikki Hutch uh, on Instagram, but I would love it if you would follow the podcast. It's on Instagram as well at um, the Not Wrong Pod. And um, we talk weekly. Um, a, it's a conversation between a Gen Xer and a millennial about internet co culture and um, the entertainment industry, pop culture, uh, relationships, all types of things, but from a Gen Xer and a millennial standpoint. And um, I would love it if you guys would take a listen. I appreciate it. Bree, where can they find you at online? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at your girl Brie. I'm also on TikTok trying to stay hip with the kids at oh. your girl Brie as well. <laughs> but yeah, um, you can keep up with me there. Uh, I appreciate you both, man. This is the Hip Hop Study Hall podcast. Don't forget on YouTube, it's uh, at Hip Hop Study Hall. Um, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, as Jason and Ben tells me weekly, I should be, you know, making sure, you know, <sighs> um, buck season is over. So. Guess I have to go back to living real life, you know. Um, over it. Yeah, you know, buck season is over, so you know, I'll, I'll take that, man. Shaman DJ Eakin, man, do follow me uh, across all platforms at DJ Eakin, and shout out to Radio Influence, my guy Jason, who makes sure things rock every week. Um, this has been the Hip Hop Study Hall podcast, ladies. I appreciate you, and um, thank you for being so open and candid on such a, I would have to say, a sensitive topic. But I appreciate you both. Thank you. Boom.